Hey, this is Brad Biley, and you just found Insights, the most listened to podcast by recruiters and staffing owners who want to learn what's working in recruitment and digital marketing. If you're new to the show, here's what you can expect to hear. Every other week, Matt Lozar, Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing, and I, our Director of Digital Marketing, break down what's working for staffing and recruiting firms across North America. But Insights is not a marketing show. It's a show built to help you get more job orders and more applications. And whether you stumbled upon the show or you're here on purpose, we're glad you're here. Let's get to it. Here we go. What's up? This is Brad Biley, and welcome back to another episode of Insights, the podcast built to help you with your recruitment and digital marketing. As always, I'm joined by Hilly Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing. He's Matt Lozar. Matt, how are we feeling this week, buddy? We're feeling good, Brad. How are you? I'm good. I'm charged up. I'm back in town from sunny San Diego. Actually, let, let's hop in right there, Matt. I was under the impression San Diego was warm. When I was at CSP last week, and I know we're going to talk about my takeaways from CSP, the weather was colder than it was in Buffalo, New York. What was the temperature? Like low to mid 60s. Oh, that's a little cool for San Diego. Usually it's mid 70s. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I was at a conference, right? So it's not like I was I was yeah. searching for the beach and trying to be in a tank, but I was under the impression that it was nice weather. I think San Diego's thing is that it's like it's always consistent. So you're probably always in the sure. 60s or 70s. I don't think, I don't think, oof, educa- weather topics here with Matt. I don't think it gets yeah. super hot, but that's their thing. So like you said, you're at a conference. Like you, you'd have been happier if it was 75. Yeah. Sure. And I'd happily take that, right? Consistently like mm. 60s all year. Great golf weather. Great just outdoor sure. weather. I, I would love that. I was just under the impression in walking from like room mm. to conference center facility, I'd see a little sun. It was kind of gloomy, kind of overcast, but fantastic conference. And Matt, let's hop in right there, man. Um, if you are new to the show, uh, we usually use this first segment to kind of break down what it is that Matt and I are doing, what we're seeing, what we're hearing in the industry. Uh, and I had the opportunity to attend the California Staffing Professionals annual conference last week in San Diego. Matt, first off, phenomenal group of people. Great conference. Um, they did a really good job organizing a two-day event where there were great back-to-back speakers, great keynotes, a ton of vendors. And the first lesson, Matt, if you're in this great industry and you are not thinking about working with a vendor for your needs, you're drastically missing out. I'm not saying it has to be Haley Marketing. I'm not going to use this as a self-serving plug. There are, Matt, so many people in this industry that want to help we just need to look and we just need to ask. Matt, there had to have been 20 to 30 vendors throughout this this conference, of which there were still some that I had never met before. And I go out quite a bit. I get the opportunity to meet quite a few people. I'm always floored when I meet a new organization or a new vendor. So Matt, what's your take on that, man? What do you think about vendor and and, and the partnership that that we all try to bring to staffing and recruiting firms? When I hear your your feedback there, it's, it goes to expertise. And there's there's so much that's in the industry where you need that expertise. It's going to be marketing, obviously, but funding, you know, payroll, legal, insurance, anything and everything. There, you know, ATS. There's there's a ton of different vendors that can help. And when you leverage expertise, yes, it might cost a touch more, but you're also creating more time for yourself, of which you can't unless you have a time turner. And when you need when you create extra time, help gives you more time to focus on your business and focus more on recruiting. Or right now, as we're in quarter two, 2023, um, job orders and B2B, the sales side. So it gives you more time to focus on that. And when you can get a really good relationship with a, a vendor you can trust who's an expert, 
that hopefully um, eliminates or reduces one of your worries as a small business. Full agree. There's so many great people that I had the opportunity to meet who just want to help, who have some sort of solution that they're willing to provide to staffing and recruiting firms who truly just want to help. Matt, I want to break down uh, the first keynote and, and sort of give my one or two takeaways here. Andre Young had the opportunity to see him again. This is now my third or fourth time having the chance to meet Andre and, and talk to him. Uh, fantastic keynote speaker. Saw him at OSSA, saw him at MSA, CSP, possibly one other conference that I'm forgetting. Fantastic guy. Outside of being a keynote uh, speaker, had the opportunity to have dinner with him and, and chat a little bit. Just a, a great all-around guy and, and human. Um, but Matt, he talked about five types of employees and in, in his keynote. And there was one that kind of struck me. And, and I've seen this talk now, like I said, three or four times. And there's always one or two things that I pull away from it that are unique and new. He talked about the five types of employees. And the five are the inspired and motivated, the new and unknown, the steady stream, sort of that person who's just there. You have the here, but not here. Somebody who's their body's there, but they're, they're checked out. And then you have the grouch. And, and Matt, I want to talk about the grouch for a second because he made an interesting take that kind of opened my eyes. Friends, if you have a grouch on your team, you didn't hire them that way. Something happened to them, whether at work, their personal life, some sort of conflict made them that way. Do you know why? Do you know how you can help? Can you get them back to the person that they were? Is it in your control? Is it something that is going on with their workday that you can directly influence? Is it personal? And do you have a relationship where you can still interact with that individual and help? Matt, it was, it was one of those moments where it's like, you know, we all have individuals that we encounter, whether it's at the grocery store, at work, whatever it might be, the grouch, right? I just thought it was an interesting take that, listen, if you have somebody like that on your team, you didn't hire them that way. When you hired them, you saw a ton of potential. You saw this probably inspired and motiv motivated individual. So what happened that got them that way? I like that. I agree with it. You didn't hire yeah. you didn't hire Oscar popping up out of the garbage can because right. if you did, you would probably wouldn't give them right. a job offer. Um right. So that makes sense and then it comes into management leadership training of how can you navigate that the right way? Because it could be something that happened yes. at work. They might not like the job. They might not like the people they work with. They might not like the companies you work with. Could be something outside of work. And that's, you know, challenging to talk about sometimes um, to navigate that conversation the right way. But I'm guessing where Brad's going with this is, yeah, you, you, wanted, you hired somebody that was happy about the job. You didn't hire a grouch. But the yep. grouch is having is going to multiply and probably the impact of it. I'm not sure if the talk went that way. But. You know, it's going to have an exactly. impact either directly or indirectly on your business, on the other members of your team. And that's that's the challenge. You have to figure out how to help that person the right way. You're exactly right. The, the, the grouch will absolutely multiply because it's contagious, right? Just like a smile is contagious, somebody that's negative is absolutely contagious. So we want to make sure that as leaders, we're reaching out, we're figuring out, hey, what's going on here? And, and Matt kind of like body language, right? When you're when you're studying somebody's body language, you're not looking for you're looking for when things change, right? So you're looking for what happened when something changed, what did I do or say that influenced that change because then you know something's going on. This is in the same same respect. Matt, another um takeaway from his talk is is analyzing the five points of your day. 
And I think I got my day pretty much figured out. Um, but I want to share his five lessons for the five points of your day. So the five points of your day, as told by Andre Young again at the CSP annual conference, one, what we consume when we wake up in the morning either gets us off on the right or wrong foot. Two, always organize and prioritize your day. Three, are you focusing on relationship building and self-care? Four, he made a big point to talk about how you return home. We want to be so great at coming home that the individuals that love you almost want you to leave so that you can come back like that. They want to see more of that. And then the last, he had a really good take where before you go to bed, start asking yourself, what was my biggest accomplishment of the day? Um, and this is something that I, I think my wife and I do pretty consistently. Um, maybe it's because I saw Andre a couple of years ago and, and that's where I got the idea from. But I think breaking down your biggest accomplishments and saying, listen, this is what I'm most proud of allows you to go to bed on a good note instead of on a negative note. Matt? I like setting the tone each part of the day. Yeah. That, that's that's yeah. my big takeaway there. And it's it's not something I explicitly do. Maybe I, I could, mm-hmm. but that's that's my my big thought there is, you know, set yourself up for success. And then also, you know, kind of the old adage of don't go to bed mad. It's more of a husband, yeah. wife, partner, partner thing. Um, sure. But that's sure. where I, you make yourself, make sure you're, you're in a good headspace and hopefully that can help you with the day, especially in the beginning of the day, you're not going to be able to be perfect because things happen. You don't control it all, but if you're, you can, you can do that. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And again, just recapping the keynote presentation from Andre Young at the California Staffing Professionals Annual Conference uh, in San Diego last week. Matt, I want to pivot to a breakout session that I had the opportunity to listen to from Tom Erb, friend of the show, friend of Haley Marketing. Uh, we've, we've had Tom on as an interview before when we were doing the interview portion of the show, but he was talking about how to grow your business by maximizing client relationships. And one of the biggest takeaways for me was the thought of grading your client relationships from an, an A to an E. And friends, this is a, an interesting scale for me as I was sitting there taking notes. An E is a necessary evil. A D is a client that, that sees you as a vendor. A C is a client that sees you as a key vendor. A B is a client that sees you as a business partner. And an A is a client that sees you as a trusted advisor. There's somebody who cannot make decisions without you. They want to bring you into every conversation. Matt, the challenge with staffing and recruiting firms is that most of us operate in that E to D level. We're either a necessary evil. Someone's calling us because they've tried to hire somebody for six months and they can't. And finally, they're at, their, they're at the end of their rope and they're doing everything they can. They say, listen, I'm going to call Matt's staffing firm. Or D, you're a commodity vendor competing against other commodity vendors. So Matt, Tom's biggest talking point was, well, how do we go from being a D or an E to being a key vendor, a business partner, or a trusted advisor, most importantly? Matt, what do you think about that? My biggest takeaway is, I don't know why I didn't call it an F. Um, sure. My, my grading scale in my head is is like all over the place. And sure. when you have a young kid, it's, they ask, why isn't it a, an E? Why is it an F? I'm like, I don't know, because that's what happened. Because anyway, them's the rules. Because them's the yeah, rules. Exactly. Somebody before us decided that. Right. In, right. in all seri- in all seriousness, yeah, you want to get to that higher level because when you're in a B2B relationship, if it's just a vendor, it's much easier to to break up and move on to a different vendor. You're it's just right. 
a purely business relationship. And no, I'm not saying you have to be best friends with all of your vendors and partners and whatnot, but what can you do to, you have to network with them constantly once they make the decision to work with you, but then develop that relationship over time. Um, It's something we we try to do here at Haley Marketing with really having good relationships with our clients and, and consult with them and understand their business. And get closer to that, you know, B and A range. That's that's where you want to be. And it, it, it takes work. And some of it can just be one competency, right? What they buy, did are you delivering? And then I like to, you know, take it up a little bit. You know, what can you do to be a little better, be a little better, be a little bit better, and, and keep raising, raising that bar. But yeah, if you're just at the bottom of the the scale, the D's and E's, it's you're setting yourself up to be cut or switched. Easily, the decision will be made before you even have a chance to to try to save the relationship. Again, I want to give a shout out to the California staffing professionals for having us at their annual conference in San Diego last week. Had a fantastic time, met, met a ton of great people who are friends of the show. So if you're tuning in, we appreciate you listening. Thanks again for having us out. And thanks again for having me personally to share my Rockstar Marketing Talk with your attendees. I had a fantastic time delivering that talk. Matt. Let's talk programmatic job advertising. Programmatic job advertising cannot become your new post and pray tactic. Matt, I've heard you say this a few times now. It's something that you're incredibly passionate about the last what feels like maybe two to three weeks. What's on your mind? Why can't programmatic job advertising be your new post and pray tactic? It feels like a bad habit is carrying over when everyone always would joke, oh, we post and pray. We get new job orders. We copy and paste them over to the job boards, Indeed, ZipRecruiter, wherever you're posting your jobs, even your website. But usually, usually, where you're putting money behind it with sponsorship, and you're praying, right? You post it and you pray the candidates one apply and two good candidates apply. And it just seems like this is trickling over just to using programmatic job advertising. And this, the segment and all my content around this here in the last few weeks isn't to say don't use programmatic job advertising. That That's not the take at all. It's to use it correctly. And if you're just going to do the same thing, right? You know, think five years ago, I got a job, I post and prayed it to Indeed. Now I got a job. It sounds like people are just post and praying it to a programmatic job board or job exchange to where, okay, I have a new tool, but I'm still falling back into that bad habit of just spending my money on a different, a different tactic a little bit but still expecting it to be different. And really you, you didn't change. I don't think enough. So what should we do instead? You have to be smarter. You have to one, evaluate, you know, your, your ROI on everything and make sure it's working well. You need to make sure you're, you have good, let's take a step back. You need to make sure you have good jobs. That's step one, good titles, good descriptions, good salaries, right? If you have bad content, it don't matter where you're posting it. People aren't going to apply. Number two, you need to make sure you're you're using that spend correctly. You know, the algorithm's going to hopefully help get the right jobs to the right candidates at the right time. But do you have a spend limit on that? Do you have a limit on number of applications you need? You know, the software is only as smart as what you can tell it to be. As my podcast partner has worked a lot with ChatGPT and all these other ones right now, he's working on writing good prompts. And in some of his training videos he's put internally, if you don't tell the right prompt, the, the AI is only smart enough right now. So you have to really have a nice structure in place of, you know, how much budget should you have on your jobs? How much, how many applications do you need? All this work that goes into just clicking a button instead of clicking it to go to Indeed and ZipRecruiter, you're clicking it to go to 
a programmatic job board and, and expecting, oh, it's it's going to be different, and you get frustrated when it's not. Yeah, I think looking at the ROI of everything that you do, Matt, is it's no secret to what we've said on Insights before. This is nothing new. This is new. This is no new marketing. Oh, you have to be paying attention to everything you're doing and evaluate whether or not it's worth it. We've been talking about this for years. But Matt, I, I get your point. And, and when we have a new tool and when we have new technology, I think the easiest thing to do is just say, oh, let's throw it all at this tool that's now going to save us. And we almost stop thinking about the return on that investment because we're putting all of our faith into the tool. We're going to talk about that a little bit more in segment three, but but I, I see and I hear what you're saying with programmatic as, okay, we were posting and praying over here. Now we're just doing it over here. And it's just changing where the problem lives. You've, you've not fixed the problem. You've literally just moved it from A to B. And that, friends, is an issue, uh, an expensive issue. If you're not evaluating the ROI of what you're doing, if you're not evaluating the jobs, if you're not evaluating descriptions, you're not evaluating why candidates are clicking, why they're applying, if they're clicking, if they're applying, well, then you're ultimately just you know posting and praying. It's not only just evaluating, it's it's you need to use the tools correctly and all the software correctly. I think that it goes to the next level when you just switch, kind of like you described there, Brad, move the problem over. It's an, oh, programmatic job advertising doesn't work. It needs to be, do you have the right amount of money for your campaigns and your jobs? I'm having conversations with clients with that now because job orders are down and their budgets are, do they need to be adjusted? It's, you know, what do you, what do you need to get out of this? And I think that's where, you know, the, the animosity with Indeed, people are always looking for something different because Indeed kicked off staffing agencies from organic traffic. Indeed are owned by a staffing agency. They're number one. It's it's natural to want to find something else, but it works. So it's not to say don't use programmatic job advertising. It's to use it the right way. And I think you put it really well. You know, the bad habit is is there and you're just moving the pain to a other problem, excuse me, to a different a different tactic. And and that's going to lead to the same frustration of posting and praying that you had before you made the switch. Yeah, I'm I'm nervous, Matt. And I, I've heard at multiple conferences this year that companies and individuals are adding onto their tech stack, they're adding onto their marketing stack, they're looking into AI, they're looking into programmatic, they're doing this, they're they're looking into sense, they're using automation. It, it feels to me, Matt, like we're in this sort of tipping point of the wild west of I don't even know if I want to say it, but we we don't necessarily know what we want to do, so we're trying to do it all. And in a sense, it's hurting us more than it's helping us. We're we're moving the post and praying from the, the job board directly to programmatic. We're jumping into AI because we know we need to, because we hear it on the news, we hear it on Twitter. We're jumping into automation because we know we need to, because those companies are so good at marketing to you. The challenge though, Matt, and and you know, and working with me for for as long as you have. I love jumping into the new and exciting thing. That's that's just how I am. I'm creative. I like that. But we need to come back to what the heck does it mean for our business and what are we doing here? And if we're just moving the problem, then we're just creating additional problems and creating more probably frustrations across your team than actually solving any of the problems that were initially presented to you. That's anything with new tech. And I know this kind of transitions us into segment three here, but I'll let you do that as the host. But, you know, it, when you have new technology, you have to have that buy-in from top down, or you're just throwing some things at the wall, hoping it sticks, and you're, it's it's going to lead to more frustration. And and that does lead us to to number three. So Matt, at the conference, 
after my rockstar marketing talk, when I typically break for Q and a or, or break for, you know, thoughts or comments, whatever it might be, somebody in the crowd, I don't remember exactly who it was mentioned with everything that we can be doing, you know, recruitment, marketing, traditional marketing, programmatic job advertising, standard job board spend. AI is on everybody's mind. Matt, I promise you, I did not bring it up in any conversation, but it came up in every single conversation that I was a part of with the old school smile and dial approach with in mail, with email, with social media, you know, where the heck do we get started? And I could tell the person asking was frustrated in, in the sense of there's so much to do. We have limited time. We need job orders more than anything you know, in, in his world, candidates are fine. We need job orders. I, I can't keep my head straight around what I should be doing because there's so much being thrown at me, not necessarily from my talk, but just around us in, in our world of where do I get started? And Matt, I think it's a real frustration. You know, throughout the industry, there is a ton that we could be doing. Where do we get started? And and what do you think about that? There's a lot of noise. Yeah, that I think there's there's a lot of noise, and it it can be very overwhelming. And as someone who isn't digging into AI as much as others at Haley Marketing, partially by choice, partially just maybe I should do a little bit more. Um, it's not my priority right now; it's some others. It can be overwhelming, and if it's a little bit overwhelming for me, I can't imagine what it's like for someone who's not in this even a little bit on their day to day. There's there's so much. Matt, I got I got mad at it the other day. Matt, I was I was trying to do something in um, GPT, and and like actually closed my laptop and had to walk away because I was getting frustrated that the prompt wasn't yielding what I wanted, and it got to a point, Matt, where I had spent probably two to three hours trying to do something. At, at that rate, I could have just done the task. Like, talk about wasting time. So yeah, it is incredibly frustrating, and and I live in the space with all the noise, with all the options. Right, it could be goodness, ATS. Kinet software automation, um, AI. I'm sure there's so much other social and just your website and, and all the marketing side and recruit marketing side and how to look at my job descriptions and I need a salary tool and I need a job description tool and you know I could just keep rambling ranting quickly here at different things. We you could do this for an hour, but it goes back I think to what are your pain points? What are your problems? What can help your team? And then slowly try to build that um, foundation and bring it in. Cause like whenever I, you know, whenever you're learning something new, it's human nature. I think to be maybe not human nature. I think it, you could be more successful when you, you slowly build it up, right? You get the basics, you get the fundamentals. What's next. What's, and you can slowly add it in when you just jump in and buy 17 different things. And you don't know, don't have someone internally that really understands it all frustration and then you're mad and the technology doesn't work and you go back to smiling and dialing which isn't the best thing to do in the year 2023 so that's where i think it needs to start is what are those pain points and how do we slowly solve them so i'm going to take this two ways one um i I shared a great quote with the team matt last week i was flying and i've been hooked on the show the great creators by guy raz uh raz not raz guy raz i'm sorry uh the great creators by guy raz and um he was interviewing uh, Rain Wilson, uh, Dwight from The Office. And Dwight, Rain Wilson, made a quote. He shared a quote from Buckminster Fuller, which is a phenomenal name. 
who said, you never change things by fighting the existing reality. To change something, build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. That drives change, right? I love the quote. I shared it with the AI team over here um, because I, I wanted everyone to hear it. So that's first. Two, if we're going to change things and we're going to look into new tech and we're going to look into new workflows, we're going to look into new processes, we cannot change the existing reality by duct taping it. We need to build that new model that I just alluded to. So to Matt's point, I am fully aligned with that. What is the goal? Is it generating 40 more job orders this year? Is it closing 40 new job orders this year? Is it landing 120 more applications in June as compared to May? What is the quantifiable goal? And then from there, Matt, I'm actually going to lean on uh, a friend of the show that you still work with pretty closely, Ricky Green over at Power Personnel. Ricky showed me a mind map of all of his tech and his tech stack and his marketing stack probably two years ago. I, I don't work with Ricky um, daily like you do anymore. So that's probably updated since. And, and Ricky, shout out to you um, for, for bringing this to me and showing this to me. Had a goal written on a sheet of paper. I think his at that point was more polished up and typed up, but written on a sheet of paper. And from there was a mind map of every single tool in his tech stack and his marketing stack, all the way down to what his team was doing to reach that goal. And then Matt, very, very easily, he and I were crossing things off that he didn't need anymore. Some of which I will fully say were offerings from Haley Marketing because his team had it covered in another place. And I'm totally okay admitting that. But he had the courage to sit down and say, listen, we're doing all of this. The goal is applications. It was at the time. What do we need and what don't we need? And more importantly, what can we add to this? So Matt, I would love to see everyone listening put together something like that. Analyze your monthly spend when it comes to tools, when it comes to software, when it comes to automation, when it comes to job boards, when it comes to whatever. As it relates to your goal, where can you add? Where can you grow? Where can you change? Where can you build that new model that makes the existing model obsolete? And how then can you reach that goal a little bit more efficiently? Matt, that to me is the perfect case scenario. Love it. I think it's a good idea. As a visual person, that makes a whole lot, whole lot of sense to me. Um, I, I think that's a really good way. Um, Ricky Green Power Personnel, they, they, he, he is of the mindset. Not everybody will be. If I don't try something, I won't know what's out there, and I need to know if it works. Um, so finding the... But he also has the courage to say, this isn't working yep. and cut it. And I love that about him. So figuring out where you want to go. I mean, this is right into your, your roadmap speech of marketing, but it's with tech. Um, you know, figure out where you want to go and then what do you need along the way to to make it more efficient and make it more um, productive and then add and subtract as you see needed. Friends, if you have questions about your recruitment marketing or your marketing, we'd love to help. You can reach out to our team of marketing educators by emailing info at haleymarketing.com. We'd love to analyze what it is that your team's doing to generate those applications, generate those job orders and offer some friendly advice into how we might be able to make that more efficient and effective for your team. That's our show. And thank you for listening to another episode of Insights. If you found this episode valuable, we would love to know. You can message Matt or Brad on LinkedIn to share your thoughts. Have a question for us? You can tweet us at Haley Marketing and let us know what you're thinking or email info at HaleyMarketing.com. And of course, if you need a hand with your marketing or recruitment marketing initiatives, we would love to help. You can check out HaleyMarketing.com to get in touch with our team of marketing educators 
And be sure you tell them that insight sent you. For my podcast partner, Matt Lozar, this is Brad Biley. We'll see you next time.